listening to your community spirit that was Tiempre Libre who was here and someone left the copy in my mailbox if I had been in town I could have gone and friends of mine actually got a chance to get on stage and dance with them and then party with them afterwards that's cool so if you would have had the Tiempo Libre you could have made it out to the Tiempo Libre show Ooh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of it the free time yeah the free time <laughs> Tiempo Libre so here's some happenings um, the first one we have talked about a little bit is Dr. Mathai's lecture in Elsa, Illinois. Dr. Mathai is the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize um, for the Green Belt Movement in Africa. Yes. And it's not about wearing green belts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dr. Mathai actually was at Bioneers a couple years ago. Yeah. Spoke about the Green Belt Movement. Right about when she won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, Bioneers is not this weekend, but it is next weekend. Yes. The Heartland Bioneers Conference. Information is available online at hbconference.org. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at it. And it's got the big green heart like it's 
the heartland. So it shows, you know, like Illinois and Missouri and Indiana, and it's in this big green heart shape. <laughs> and it's a I nice actually, website. I'm getting distracted though. From, I mean, there's going to be a Nobel Peace Prize winner going to speak right near here. Mm-hmm. Um, she will speak on the work of the Green Belt Movement and ways we can help to save the planet. Yes. I mean, there's this whole. I actually watched the show the other night on PBS. What uh, Green God oh, or yeah. is God Green? I wanted to see that. How did that go? It was very interesting that there's this whole movement of among evangelicals that's saying we need to save the planet for, and they're not saying the planet for the planet. The planet will be here. How no matter how much we mess it up, huh. we'll just mess it up for us. But the planet will survive. So they're saying we need to save the planet for humans. Hmm. And so that's – which is the truth. I mean the animals and plants will survive long after we have messed up the earth and you know killed off ourselves. Yeah. Well, depending on how many nukes we deploy. <laughs> well, it will still survive in some way. <laughs> the bare rock will survive. <laughs> <laughs> so – um, if you want more information about Dr. Mathai's lecture in Elsa, Illinois, go to greenbeltmovement.org. And um, she will speak. Manjari Mathai will speak at Principia College October 14th, which is tomorrow at 8 p.m. Yes, tomorrow. And if I wasn't on my way to the... Bluegrass Energy Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. I would definitely go to this. Hmm. Other happenings. Other happenings. We have the Free Film Friday. I always make you say that. <laughs> yes. So on tonight at 214 North Washington in Carbondale, the Big Muddy IMC will be screening Evolution of Community. Dr. Fatima and Muhammad will be at the screening of her powerful documentary on the evolution of the Muslim community after Elijah Muhammad. This is an opportunity to discuss and learn about a community that makes up the large portion of Muslims in America. This screening is free and open to the public. Once again, that's tonight at 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And then at the same location tomorrow night, I, the film. The documentary made by Raphael Lyon and Andreas Ng. Gaglia, called I, concentrates mainly on the economic crisis in Argentina in 2001 when banks failed, funds were frozen, and the middle class, which usually quietly goes along with the status quo, turned out in massive protests that filled the streets of Buenos Aires. The protests fueled the fever, the fever, the fervor, (laughs) the fever too, I'm sure, the fervor of social activists, some of whom reported what they saw in indie media and posted film footage and photos on the site. The director of this film will be present tomorrow night at 214 North Washington Street, the Big Muddy Independent Media Center. Yes, so that's pretty exciting. Aye, 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 aye. (laughs) And um, if you happen to be in rotting... Is it Rottingham? Rottingham, yeah. Um, <laughs> tomorrow night. <laughs> the idea of green clubbing may seem like an oxymoron, <laughs> but environmental NGO Invio and architectural firm Dole will host an event at Rotterdam's Off Corsco to present their concept of an environmentally, socially responsible 
Dance Club. <laughs> Titled The Critical Mass, the event will kick off with a presentation of the organization's work over the past eight months, followed by what else? A party. Dancing. Among the features envisioned for the Green Club are an energy-generating dance floor. <laughs> Basically, it will be a dance floor, and underneath it will be spring generators that will produce electricity from the people jumping up and down <laughs> and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> which will power the DJ, who will hopefully make some good music to make them dance more to make more <laughs> electricity. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had to... And if you want uh, to see a copy of the video that uh, explains how all this works, um, you can probably YouTube it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I can give you a, uh, you know, a link to it. Of course, there will be organic beer. Huh, organic beer. Yep. Yes. So. So that you, you'll be able to tell if the DJ is bad if the lights start going out and the music stops. <laughs> they'll all say boo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Sounds like fun. And we also have one more happening. Uh, let's see. Along with students and faith communities, the Coalition of Immokalee Workers is asking McDonald's to address human rights crisis in its tomato supply chain. And on this coming Monday, uh, SIUC Students for Peace and Democracy and the Student Environmental Center, along with various other student and faith groups in the area, will host the Coalition of Immokalee Workers, a membership-led organization of migrant farm workers that's based in southwest Florida. The coalition members will be spending their day at SIU, speaking in classrooms and to the general student body. And the farm workers and students will be drawing on connections between farm worker poverty and McDonald's billion-dollar profits and marketing schemes, as well as participating in local actions to pressure McDonald's to come to the table with the CIW. It's campaign for fair food and the events locally <clears throat> they've got at SIU they've got several events going on um, on Monday from 10 to 2 they'll be tabling at the breezeway at Fainer and from oh wow I guess 10 to 2 they'll also be at the Sagamon room at the SIU student center and then 7 to 9 p.m. at Lawson Hall 101 they'll be having a presentation and a short film and a discussion and for more information you can visit ciw-online.org. All that's going on on Monday. And um, I missed something here on Sunday. The Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship this Sunday, October 15th, will have roots of adolescent and adult aggression and hostility, sports, gangs, prison, and military. This is part two of the series which began with the origins of human aggression. Um, so, again, that's Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, which is at 105 North Parish Lane. Yes. Oh, and that reminds me of a Sunday happening as well. The Big Muddy IMC has their meetings on uh, Sundays. So Sunday at 6 p.m. at 214 North Washington. If you want to give ideas for movies or help participate in the new paper. Um, paper came out? Yeah, the paper came out. It's out. That's right. You've been out of town, but it's out circulating. Huh. The October paper exists. Is there a way to get it online or have someone email it to you? Yeah, you can uh, You can email info at bigmuddyimc.org and we'll email it to you. And uh, if my brain functions, I'll remember to put it on the website this weekend. <laughs> huh. Really nice because I have been out of town. So. Yes. And 
usually what happens when I'm in town is I go around and hit up all the influential people in town to provide money for our show. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but because I haven't been in town, this is your community radio station. This show here is your community, community spirit. spirit. <laughs> okay? This should be the spirit of the community. Yes. <laughs> so I want to know how many people actually feel that this is the spirit of the community. And unfortunately, the only way we can stay on the air is money. Yes. <laughs> it always comes down to money. We talk a lot about green stuff. And even though many people don't ever see green money anymore because there's, you know, checks and credit cards and and um, all different stuff like that, it does come down to green to keep our show on the air. So I have been in St. Louis a lot, and I listen to the community radio station up there, and they're having their f- pledge or fund drive right now. And they don't have a minimum like we do of $10 for a student membership or even 25 for a household. It's their minimum is $88. Well, the, their station is 88.1, but their minimum for a membership in um, their station is $88. And honestly, this station is better. Um, we've been around, WDBX has been around for 10 years. The one in St. Louis has been around for 19. We here in Carbondale do a very, very, very good job. And it's all volunteer. Everybody who comes here, including me and Treesong, um, we collect news off the newswire and from, well, Tree Hugger. That's, I don't know if you've ever went to Tree Hugger. I get stuff from Tree Hugger, the unique news. Otherwise, Grist Magazine, those are two online um, sources of news. Yeah. Otherwise, I am subscribed to the Environmental News Network, which actually does cost me money to be a member of it. It's, I don't know, almost $200 a year. It's $189 a year for me to be subscribed to the Environmental News Network. Yeah. Um, and we also but, do occasionally get news directly from you. <laughs> right. People do send us news and happenings. Yeah. Like and, the Coalition for Immokalee Workers. That, that was a press release sent straight to me. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to send us information, um, well... There's info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. We actually do have a website. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all we do is we post the last weeks or the you know sometimes three weeks mm-hmm. behind um, the show on the air. Yeah. I mean, well, We're on the website. We're currently, though. So. Oh, really? <laughs> so I've been I, on the ball. <laughs> uh, well, I get to – I still haven't listened to it, but like three weeks ago we had uh, Richard Whitney, who is running on the Green Party ticket for – governor of the state of illinois yes and so i would like to go to the website and listen to that so yes in honor of pledge drive week i (laughs) made sure i updated everything (laughs) so please i i am getting ready to go to the an energy expo if you come to the station i will find something in the car something solar (laughs) um sticker something to thank you for well supporting your community spirit. Yes, a jar filled with sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> um, last year I gave out uh, Renewable Energy is Homeland Security. Yes, that and, was, and what's the number they can call if they want oh, to? Oh, I never said that, did I? 457 <laughs> yes. I just expect people have been listening to our show for so long 
that they just know the number by We're heart. We're on their speed dial. We're programmed in their cell phone. It's 457-3691. That's 457-FM91. We'll be right back with the news. Well, I almost forgot a happening behind, besides reminding you that next weekend is the Heartland Bioneers Conference at hbconference.org. This is from the Environmental Law and Policy Center. Dear friends, I'm pleased to share a major clean water victory that ELPC worked hard and over many years to achieve. In 1990, the city of Marion proposed building a dam on Sugar Creek in southern Illinois in order to build a drinking water reservoir. This project would destroy 6.2 miles of one of the last free-flowing streams in Illinois, threaten two Illinois endangered species that live in Sugar Creek, and inundate 1,172 acres of forest, farms, and wetlands. ELPC has long suggested a preferable alternative, that the city of Marion connect to an existing pipeline to obtain water from nearby Wren Lake in order to avoid the significant environmental impacts that the new dam would cause. Fortunately, ELPC attorneys were there to challenge this threat to our environment. Over the course of a decade, they persevered, filing extensive briefs and expert economic and ecological testimony. Finally, the Army Corps' declined to issue the necessary permit for the Marion Dam and urged the city of Marion to reconsider the Wren-like pipeline proposal that would cause much less severe environmental impacts. We recently received the further good news that the city of Marion is now negotiating to site and build a pipeline to Wren Lake. We still have a ways to go, but the long-standing battle to protect Sugar Creek's aquatic environment is now turning in our direction. So that was from the ELPC, or the Environmental Law and Policy Center, about almost 1,200 acres of forest that will not go underwater, right here in Marion. <laughs> yes. So. so let's see. In other news, let's see what we've got today. Oh, this, this one's interesting just because it's of a global scale, <laughs> and yet it's not a climate change thing. <laughs> Axis of Upheaval. <laughs> Wobbly Earth may contribute to the extinction of mammals, a study finds. Natural shifts in the Earth's orbit and axis correspond to the periodic emergence and extinction of rodents, and likely other mammals as well, says a study published today in Nature. Researchers studying 22 million years of rodent fossil records in central Spain found that certain species experienced a slow, fading extinction roughly every million years and every 2.4 million years. The wipeouts correspond with cycles of the epi- uh, <laughs> epilep- uh, I- elepticity. What's that mean? 
It's like the elliptical orbit. Like it's not oh, quite a okay. circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Took me a second though. It's it's still 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the ellipticity of the Earth's orbit and the perpendicularity and tilt of its axis. The astronomical cycles create periods of global cooling affecting precipitation, habitat, vegetation, and food availability. So the next period of wobbly Earth-induced species turnover is likely tens of thousands of years off. At the rate we're going, we'll probably eliminate most of the species before it even gets here. <laughs> Straight to the source. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> New York Times, 12th of October, 2006. <clears throat> Speaking of climate change, this has nothing to do with that. Drop goes the diesel. You didn't laugh. Huh? <laughs> Drop goes the diesel. Yeah. <clears throat> Most of U.S. diesel fuel supply to be cleaner by next week. <laughs> diesel fuel will get a major makeover this weekend, thanks to rules drawn up during the Clinton administration and set to take effect on Sunday, which was two days from now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Bushies would like to get some credit, too, well, for not squashing the rules. With 97% less sulfur than current diesel, um... This cleaner diesel fuel must now make up 80% of U.S. diesel fuel for on-road vehicles, and by 2010, it must make up to 100%. The new fuel formulation will likely cost up to $0.05 cents per gallon more. <laughs> Why haven't... Okay. Yeah. Why haven't we done this all... Yeah. Okay. Energy... Engine makers, automakers, and oil companies that had tried to thwart the rules are ha now seen the writing on the gas tank and are teaming up with environmental groups and the U.S. EPA to actively promote the charges. It's amazing what the inability can do for an industry's conscience. <laughs> Straight to the source, Chicago Tribune, the Baltimore Sun, the Philadelphia Inquirer, all the 11th of October, 2006. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it only took five cents, and yet they've waited this long to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they have to, I don't know, change some things out. I mean, you know, that five cents adds up to, you know, millions and billions of dollars, and they have to use that five cents to do something. Yeah. And I'm sure they have to, you know, retool some factory or do something. I don't know, put a strainer on it to k take the soot out <laughs> when they're making it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so let's see. Oh, in other news, oh, yeah, I, wa I want to read this one because it's got a s sort of spooky title, and it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> so things that go dump in the night. <laughs> Illegal dumps sprout up across the American West. Spooky. <laughs> Amber waves of grain, purple mountain majesties, these days in the American West, it's illegal dumps that are proliferating under the spacious skies. Heaps of car parts, furniture, appliances, and household trash discarded on public land. The Bureau of Land Management has identified 6,482 dumps since 2000, plus an additional 670 hazmat cleanups. Sprawl seems to be part of the problem, says BLM's Felicia Probert. Quote, There's hardly a city in the West right now that isn't experiencing significant growth. Typically, we haven't had the appropriation, budget strength, to add rangers as these issues grow in the expanding West. Dealing with a potentially hazardous material, such as an unidentified drum of liquid, can cost up to $10,000. In California, 
coping with illegal dumping on private and public land, costs at least $87 million a year. Commercial illegal dumping in the state can bring a fine of up to $3,000 for a first offense, but dumpers generally must be caught in the act to be proved guilty. Straight to the source, USA Today, 8th of October, 2006. The Weather Channel launches one degree. One small step in the mainstreaming of global warming science in the U.S., one giant step for mankind. (laughs) The Weather Channel, this is actually one of the most popular websites on the Internet, (laughs) has just launched its first broadband channel, One Degree. Their stated goal is to, quote, create a national dialogue around and humanizing the impact of climate change, end quote. They call it one degree in reference to the one degree of warming that has occurred in the last century and that what seems small, just one degree, can actually make a big difference in the climate and in people's lives. And in fact, the subtitle on the website is One Degree Can Change the World. One Degree is a video-centric, interactive, wet experience presenting both general information and bringing into focus how climate change is affecting people's daily lives. One Degree is part of an overall incentive at the Weather Channel called Climate Watch, which includes the Climate Code with Dr. Heidi Cullen, a new weekly program airing Sundays at 5 p.m. But video is not everything. The Weather Channel seems determined to turn One Degree into a full-fledged resource with guest bloggers, linked directories, news, glossaries, etc. We're actually very excited about this project and will definitely keep an eye on it. Dealing with the climate crisis has to be the top of the agenda, so kudos. To the Weather Channel uh-huh. for their initiative. More information: climate.weather.com. Uh-huh. So pretty easy to remember. Yep, the Weather Channel launches one degree. Uh-huh. Is it one degree of separation? <laughs> we shall see. So let's see. In other news, the new college try. Kind of like the old, give it the old college try, but give it the new college try. Maine College is the first to pledge carbon neutrality. College of the Atlantic in Bar Harbor, Maine, has pledged to become the first college in the U.S. to go carbon neutral. New President David Hales announced in his inauguration speech on Sunday that the tiny college will avoid, reduce, or offset all greenhouse gas emissions generated by campus activities and student travel to and from campus. COA's 300 or so undergraduates hail from 51 nations and 47 states. All of them major in the one program the college offers, which is human ecology. Quote, We will attack despair with questions and the power of our creativity, said Hales, who previously worked at the World Watch Institute, directed environmental policy at the U.S. Agency for International Development under President Clinton, and served as a Deputy Interior Secretary under President Carter. Quote, We are the first generation of humans to have the realistic possibility to build a world that is sustainable and just. We must choose to do so. Straight to the source, The Washington Post, Associated Press, 9th of October, 2006. I wonder if SIU will be the next uh, one to go carbon neutral. (laughs) Who knows? We shall see. I I have to read this. Keep on hawking in the free world, and it's (coughs) hawking. (laughs) Hawking. 
chemical-laden products banned by other nations are sold throughout the U.S. Dun, dun, dun. To protect their citizens from dangerous chemicals, the European Union, Japan, and other nations have tightened their environmental standards for hundreds of manufactured products in recent years. Meanwhile, the U.S. EPA hasn't restricted any industrial compounds since an unsuccessful attempt to ban asbestos 18 years ago. And con- Americans continue to be sold products that wouldn't pass muster in many other parts of the world. Wood, toys, electronics, and cosmetics containing chemicals that raise the risk of cancer, disrupt hormonal systems, or cause reproductions or neurological damage. Michael Wilson, a professor of occupational and environmental health, says the U.S. has become a dumping grounds for goods unwanted elsewhere. Hmm. Take plywood, for example. Last year, China exported more than half a billion dollars worth of plywood to the U.S., enough to build cabinets for two million kitchens. Most of it so heavily tainted with formaldehyde, it couldn't even be legally sold in China, let alone Europe or Japan. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, the 8th of October, 2006. Yes, living in toxic times. So... This has been another exciting and hopefully informative half hour of your community spirit. We are waiting for people to walk into the studio and pledge. Yes, and we did get a pledge during the uh, during the midst of our yammering. Uh, I don't know, he didn't mention whether or not he wanted his name on the air, but we got a patron member, $100 membership. Really? Yes, so he gets a the windbreaker and sticker and... Uh, did he, he pledge for the, our show? He pledged specifically for our show. Wow, there you go. And he, you know, he, he, most of all, he gets the satisfaction of knowing he's supporting community radio. Well, and the spirit of our community also. Yes, the spirit of our community. All these announcements we bring you. Did he say that I had to give him something? I mean... Uh, he didn't say. He might, you know, he might be open to that, but... Well, I, I mean, can connect the two of you. Okay, and then I'll give him a, a sticker to make... Um, I don't know. There's renewable energy is the way to get energized. Yeah. Um, Picky Eater's Garden. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. I'm a sticker collector, so I have tons and tons of different stickers. So there's solar energy collectors, and then there's sticker collectors. And then there's ore. (laughs) So I will see you again next week. Next week, we will have a special show because we're going to talk about all about the Bioneers Conference. Bioneers. Because next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, is the Heartland Bioneers Conference. Yes. And you can get more information at hbconference.org. And I'll probably be out there bioneering in the midst <laughs> of the show, actually. <laughs> or you can call at 525-7900. That's it. It's cool but sunny out. Yes, so enjoy the weather. <laughs> Enjoy the weather. Otherwise, go to climate.weather.com. <laughs> <laughs>